the simplest commercial baking resource brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Mark Florka. With 45 years of industry experience, Mark knows the ins and outs of baking. He is Bakerpedia's community forum manager and baking instructor. He's here to share knowledge and help you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked In Science Podcast. Hello, bakers. Welcome to Survival and Evolution, the Baked In Science Podcast for this month. In this episode, we're going to look into the different areas and facets of how bakers have survived and evolved from the pandemic. I have four different stakeholders that we're talking to today, and I hope you will get some interesting insights from their viewpoints of how they have dealt with the pandemic. Enjoy. I have Keith Forneck with me here from Lalamond. And Keith, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Keith Forneck. I'm a technical product manager for Lalamond Baking Solutions. I joined Lalamond in 2013. I have 34 years of industry experience. Uh, before Lalamond, I was with a Fortune 500 food company. And I was in a group called Technical Applications, where I authored 12 patents on bread and technologies. Wow. I currently reside in Montreal with my children. And uh, probably like you and everyone else, I'm looking forward to returning to travel and being able to visit with our customers. Yes, and uh, and that's kind of what we're here to to talk about. And um, really appreciate you taking the time to come on and and chat with me. Um, Lalamund is is such a fantastic resource for so many things in the baking industry for decades. And I'm very fortunate to count you amongst my my many friends at the Lalamunds who have always been really helpful. And you know, one of the things is that you know the theme of this podcast is kind of evolution and survival. And what kind of things have you seen kind of happen in in your side of the industry as the pandemic sort of took hold obviously some bakeries had to close but others Correct. tried to keep operating and they were dealing with a lot of things like you know with shipping delays needing more shelf life or or other things like that but can you tell us a kind of some of the sciencey technology ingredients that you may have seen move or, or methods even just in in your 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 day-to-day interaction with some of the bakers sure so what you're saying we're seeing the same things so a lot of the bakeries because of the delays of, of ingredients uh, and the issues with distribution and shipping one of the things that we've learned is there's a shipping container shortage so with that gluten is very difficult to get a hold of and so so that's an interesting thing another area that we learned was that customers are dropping SKUs, just focusing on the few SKUs that they have and focusing on those to keep the pipeline full right and so with that you know they're looking to do you know warehouse delivery instead mm-hmm, of direct mm-hmm. store so they're looking for more shelf life so they want longer shelf life more mold free inhibition things like that uh, they're looking for ways to reduce the level of gluten that they're using uh, that's really what we're seeing and so your main ingredient is you're a bunch of fun guys right, right. <laughs> your your main product that you uh, promote and sell is is of course different yeasts and ferments and things so Correct. um what kind of solutions have you guys 
sort of uh, developed or or seen be very popular? Okay, so for right now, we, uh, you know, as in the past, you know, everybody was looking to use the multigenic amylase enzyme to increase shelf life. The caveat with that was the price of the enzyme was very, very expensive. So cost and use was very high. Today, now there's lots of variants on the market. And like us, we have our own and we have a unique product that allows us to increase shelf life. We can actually stop staling. So we can extend it or stop staling, which is very unique. One of the disadvantages when you play with an enzyme like that is that typically you end up with a gummy wet layer. So you can overdose it. With ours, you can't overdose it, which makes us unique. In addition to, if you put too much and typically you see too much softness, again, with ours, we the more the higher you dose, the more crumb resilience that you see. So we have something very unique. So you can formulate with a higher level, which is very cost-effective to use today. You can change your distribution. You can keep the market pipeline full and you can have that crumb resilience so you can stack your product on the shelf. So it can remain on your shelf two to three weeks without issue or concern. So that's something mm-hmm. that we're delivering to the market that's very unique. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I can remember some stories when this first came on the market where people were putting too much in and uh, getting complaints uh, of the, the dose being you know, unbaked is what people thought right. they were, right? That and, uh, layer, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, and really it was thoroughly baked through. It was just that they had so much enzyme, they had too much activity and it, it essentially didn't stop in a way. It kept eating the, the, the carbohydrates, the starches or things like that. Sure. That that is fantastic. And have have there been other things, you know, besides the the multigenic enzymes, uh, have there been things that have helped bakers with production? resources uh, because the sure. other thing we hear a lot is staffing issues or things like that or as you mentioned you know you have skew reductions so now you yeah. have to move people around and things so what kind of stuff maybe have you seen there well what i'll say is that you know we're seeing the same thing a lot of bakeries are having everybody every bakery that we're visiting they all have staff issues whether it be in canada or the u.s they all have staffing issues and they're trying to manage as best they can what we can do is with supply chain shortages like gluten tends to be a huge problem these days there's plenty of gluten but they can't seem to get it ship to the customer. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we have a product in the market called Essential GR1620. So because of this, we have this new product. And so timing couldn't be more perfect. And so what it allows you to do is reduce the gluten level that that you currently have by 50%. Or in some cases, if you have low level of gluten that you're adding or low levels of gluten at one to 2%, you can completely eliminate the gluten and use this product at a dosage dosage of 0.03 to 0.06% and have a cost savings. In addition to if you have a high formula or a formulation with a high level of gluten around 6%, we can drop it to 3% gluten versus 6% gluten. So there's a huge savings right there. And we're seeing gluten edge up to like a dollar 10 a pound, depending on the bakery, if you Mm -hmm. can get it. So that's that's quite expensive. So the cost and use, you know, tends to be there's a a big savings. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said, it's it's not like, uh, I I remember years ago, there was an extreme shortage in North America and people People were actually importing gluten from Europe at almost double Correct. the cost of what the, the cost of gluten Correct. was here. Um, but it's it's not that. It's the situation is is being it's the gluten is here. It's just getting it from A to B. Um, can you repeat the name of that ingredient again? It's called Essential GR1620. So meaning gluten reduction GR 
essential mm-hmm. 1620. Interesting. So does it interact with the amino acids to to kind of it does. Uh, strengthen it the does. proteins? Interesting. Very good. So oh, it's a, that is really it's a cool. unique product. I actually yeah. said that wrong. It's essential GR 1620, so I apologize. Cool. And uh, yes, Lalamund has always been a, a, a great sponsor for Bakerpedia, mm-hmm. and we've, we've always enjoyed your, your friendship, your sponsorship and support. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with me, Keith. This has been oh, wonderful. Uh, and I look forward to many more conversations with you on our Baked in Science podcast. I'm sure we can sure. really get into some of the nitty gritties. You you have Excellent. an enormous wealth of, of knowledge and experience that uh, I'd love to help mm-hmm. uh, share with our, our listeners and, and to uh, gain more from that. And as I'm always right. saying, every day we learn one new thing. It's been a good day. And uh, I'm, I'm always encouraging everybody to work with the suppliers and, and guys like you because uh, we, we get so much out of it and return, right? Besides just buying the product, right? <laughs> Correct. And I'd be happy Excellent. to be part of that in the future. Fun, so fantastic. All right. Thank you very much. I You're really welcome. appreciate it. My next guest is Mark Tsemek of Red Square Bakery in Burnaby, British Columbia, which is near Vancouver. And Mark has an interesting story of evolution resulting from the effects of the pandemic at his bakery. What we're talking about in this podcast is I wanted to kind of capture uh, some of the things that you're doing or have happened in relation to the effects of the pandemic on your business. And yours has been rather unique in that the some of the effects of the pandemic have had your business flourish. Um, so you have some new products that you created and stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, basically, a pandemic happened uh, a year and a half, a year and seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Many retail bakeries were asked to be shut down due to mm-hmm. COVID and the virus yeah. spread. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bakeries lost their business if it was just retail, unless there yeah. were an essential service producers for retail sector, as we were. Mm-hmm. We opened a company mm-hmm. 31 years ago making a uh, authentic Russian foods like piroshki, mini pierogies, etc. So we were already having connections to the retail sector, supplying cookies, um, deli items, frozen items, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're situated in Vancouver, Canada, in British Columbia, with a warehouse of about uh, 8,000 square feet. Of wow, course, awesome. lots of baking equipment, tunnel mm-hmm. ovens, Mm-hmm. dividers, molders, etc. We're considered to be a small bakery. And mm-hmm. when that happened, we were still open, but we had to adjust our retail for walking clients. We mm-hmm. could only let one or two people in because our retail uh, store inside of the factory, approximately 500 square feet, uh, 150 items we display. We used yep. to give out samples. We mm-hmm. were very big on kindness. The retail sector had to change. Mm-hmm. So everything had to be packaged, pre-packaged, no samples. And we had to print out basically for about 21 years since I invented Powerflux uh, keto baking mix. Mm-hmm. I had to basically, instead of just explaining and uh, letting people try my keto breads or buns or bagels, we have to print out just one page 
Mm-hmm. Eat a powerflux regimen, how to improve your health, what to do, fiber, net carbs, etc. And we have a lot of what we call for first-time clients giveaways. So what happened at that moment when people were kind of restricted to which places they could go, we became what we call a nutritional education center. Ah, okay. So basically we became, uh, uh, you know, well-established through the social media, of course, through our posts. So what we're good at is spotting the problems in people's Mm -hmm. health and creating product line, which actually... Uh, complies with everybody's needs, whether they're on keto or low carb, or they're seeking high fiber products, or they're Mm -hmm. vegetarian, or they're vegans, and they have restrictions. Mm -hmm. So they appeal for many people from all walks of life, whether they have digestive disorders, whether they want to drop 100 pounds, 50 pounds, or they want to improve cardiovascular system and their constitution of their blood type, cholesterol. So basically through our products and a word of mouth, and of course, our presentation, uh, representation of our products on the retail sector, Red Square, Power Flux, Breads, Buns, mm-hmm. and Cookies, brings people here to our mm-hmm. factory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we basically prospered our business actually on the retail level, uh, triple. That's fantastic. So was there an effect from the pandemic that drove people to you? Is it maybe with everybody being locked up, uh, that we now had time to more think about our health and things like that. that, that it was uh, they... driven by fear because people did mm-hmm. not know how long it's going to go. So they were looking for a way of finding a company that is clean, no preservatives, no MSG, uh, natural, keto, or uh, with uh, high integrity, high approach in terms of communicating with the end user. It's not mm-hmm. about selling the products. It's finding out what kind of problems you acquire throughout the years and how can we help you. And we just been doing that for many, many years already before the pandemic started. Uh-huh. But for if, if I hear you correctly, then part of it is that you with with the change and, and having to sell everything prepackaged that you quickly responded as you identified the interest in the power flax then you know like you didn't give up the pierogies and the other baked goods you pivoted and and put more effort and and focus into the the power flax and uh, i just want to clarify your your company red square power flax is not associated with red square bakeries in the united states correct no red square is a trademark in canada mm-hmm. and united states power flax is a trademark oh, okay that's cool and um, and so you've I've seen uh, you sent me some of the information on some of your your breads and things on on LinkedIn and uh, you've got great nutritional profiles and things and so it's been well received. Uh, um, yes. you're, and so now as you come out of the pandemic, is are is your you mentioned like your sales have gone up threefold. Um, are you having difficulty with getting staff and, and keep keeping up with any of well, this? Well, basically, you know what? That's a great question, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's always every manufacturer will have staffing problem. Mm-hmm. I think baking field is the hardest one to stuff it with the right passionate people because mm-hmm. it seems like they're thinning out. It's not like the old generation. These days, that type of passion dissipated, disappeared. It's very hard to find passionate people mm-hmm. who would like to take it as a career, mm-hmm. learn the trade. 
But with the pandemic, a couple of people were lost and they never came back, but we adjusted. Mm -hmm. We increased the productivity. So we increased the wages for people who are with us. And of course, we always, always spread the kindness among Mm -hmm. employees here. And the kindness is the best ingredient in any business. Treat your Mm -hmm. employees as they're your family. When you have happy employees, they are going to be much more productive oh, and more efficient as well, right? Yes. And so um, that's fantastic. So that's that's really great to hear um, how well you are doing. Um, so, I, but everything you sell, you you said you have a mix, for example, you have the, yes. the power flex mix. mix. It's basically a, a 20 um, kilo bag. Is it available through bakery distributors or like yes, a family yeah, baker? Yes, we have and- a snow cap uh, distributor is a private blender. We ship yep. already to five, six, maybe more bakeries, middle-sized bakeries, two in New mm-hmm. York, okay. uh, two in uh, Toronto. Wow, awesome. Alberta, a few small mom and pop here in British Columbia. We sell it by the pallet. They basically pick it up here, CA, CSA Transport. Uh, does Canadian uh, side and as well as American. We clear the custom for the client. Everything is done. So it's like you're shopping in the backyard. That's great. This is a great story, Mark, and that's why I'm, I was so happy you were you were able to come on and chat with me it's because my this is this is a really great example of how you have pivoted during the uh, pandemic and with an existing product, but just you you pivoted your focus and have had huge success. And you're you're perfectly you know willing and able to help educate other bakers and share in that success. All yes. they got to do is order your product and you just have it all worked out Just for them. get on the phone, um, get on Zoom, and I'll explain. Exactly. Yeah, so this is, uh, and congratulations. This is fantastic. And Thank I you so much. really appreciate your time. If you're looking for a community to ask all your work-related questions, then check out our Baking Industry Professionals Group. Whether you work in R&D, quality assurance, or you're strictly a baker, this group is a place to connect with other professionals in the industry and share your thoughts and ideas. Just search for the Baking Industry Professional Group on Facebook and LinkedIn. I have Raymond Kurtz with me here today. Um, Raymond, could you please introduce yourself to everybody? Yes. Hi. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone else. As uh, Mark mentioned, my name is Raymond Kurtz. I am for a very long time in the baking industry now, so it's uh, it's over or it's almost close to forty years. I'm a uh, certified pastry chef. I'm a certified um, master baker as well, and have been in the R and D now for about uh, fifteen years now. Done most R and D work was uh, in the value added bread section as well as then later on in, um, in the fast food category more. Or less on mm-hmm. Canada as well as the US. So I've done a lot of work there and um, been now with holding uh, our sons for about seven years now, doing again a lot of R&D for the fast food sector as well. US, mainly US and Canada, but as well um, in Europe. And you have a lot of familiarity with, with the different types of lines. You've worked with Mechatherm lines and a lot of different uh, production productivity lines as well. Yep. 
you know, as I said, you know, value-added breads like garlic, mm-hmm. garlic breads, garlic toast, for example, garlic breadsticks and things like that. Mm-hmm. As well as then, you know, later on now, if it's on the donut side or pastry sides and um, as well as then now, again, on the bread side as well as, well as buns. Awesome. Yeah. And so what would you say during this this pandemic that we've all experienced, what would you say is, is one of the or multiple, but a, a sort of outstanding challenges that you have seen in your business? How has the a pandemic affect your either your your operations or your R&D process? Uh, um, what, what sort of have you seen there? Let me first like put it this way. So our main goal was throughout the pandemic when, when, when you know, when everything started, it was just to keep our people safe, mm-hmm. period. Okay, mm-hmm. that was our very, very main goal. On the other side of the coin, it was then, you know, to make sure that we always can supply our customers. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, it's like without the customers, you can't do anything, but also without your people, you aren't really able to supply your customers. So it's, you know, it, it was really, I think that that was the, the biggest challenge to make sure that we you know keep our people safe and healthy, as well as, you know, making sure that we keep the supply running mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to our customers. And I think, you know, we were, we really didn't got hit that hard. Yes, at the beginning of the, of the pandemic, when everything was shut down, we had about two weeks off on no production because we had a lot of product in 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 cold storage mm-hmm. um which we had to deplete first before we could you know um produce fresh product because build it back up yeah no one knew really what would happen next week or in two yep. weeks or in a month or so mm-hmm. so again since we had a lot of product in storage we were you know just slowing down in the end and then see what the market is asking from us mm-hmm. did you did you experience any difficulties in getting ingredients were there were there challenges with ingredient shortages as far as um, delivery and things like that yeah not not right away actually mm-hmm. you know it was it was so it was pretty good even you know since we got big race in, in the US as well as Canada so we were all fine till let's say beginning of the summer this year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we saw the first you know things you know um, where we had extended lead times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and get stuff in and yep. things like that. So I think, you know, it's it's more the aftermath now, you know, where, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, you know, the market can't supply anymore those things what we need. And, you know, this this wheat gluten is in short supply. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, soybean oil mm-hmm. because of the increase of ethanol production, for example. Mm-hmm. But those challenges we didn't have in the end at the beginning of the pandemic, mm-hmm. it's more likely to hit us now. This mm-hmm. is probably something for the long term where we have to make sure that we can somehow either look for alternative solutions. Yeah, so that, that brings me to the next question is right. kind of like in terms of innovations, I mean, did, did they come to you and say, hey, Raymond, we can't we can't get soybean oil. What can we use instead? No, not yet. So like we, we the, the good thing is we have cont- uh, contract out all our bulk ingredients. Mm-hmm. So from that point of view, yes, we're okay-ish right now, but we still have to look into, you know, what else can we do? So because 
you know, you got you got soybean oil in your products, you need that period. One of the pivots I hear is that managing, you know, not nothing that falls necessarily directly on you as far as R&D goes, but you were aware that the, the company had to manage their cold storage and balance that with what yep. they can produce and and what the market needs. So it's it's uh, so you don't just blindly keep on trying to do what you were always doing. It's it's a it's a constant sort of adjustment of things to keep the yep. customer happy and yep. to ensure that you're keeping your your people safe and and in a productive situation too. I mean. From my point of view as R&D, uh, I mean, I kind of really had a good things coming out of that whole, you know, slowdown. Mm-hmm. Because there were many, many projects, you know, you, you move them on the back burner because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not so important right now. However, what I've seen actually is with you know, putting those projects back off the back burner mm-hmm. and put them a little bit closer to the front. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now in the situation where we run into supply issues of ingredients, oh, they are actually relevant right now. Mm-hmm. So from that yeah. point of view, I actually was ahead of the time. Yep. From that point of view, it was actually pretty, pretty good that I had some time where I couldn't travel, for example. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any travel since last year in February. So there was a lot of things, you know, done in the background, which probably would still be sitting somewhere on a shelf and, you know, collect dust because it wouldn't have not been done in any way. Did you still have any kind of plant trials that you had to try and, and do yeah. with, with Zoom and stuff? Or, um, you know, how, how did that go? Is, is that, uh, was there some learnings there? I mean, I'm c- very curious as far as how well did it go? Is it something that you're going to still use somewhat or is it just sort of an augmentation of things Maybe I think you know going forward, there is a lot you know what will change, especially in in regards to using technology. What I don't believe is that you know we can ignore our suppliers in the end or their help mm-hmm. or them being on the floor because, as you know, baking is a touch, a feel, environment. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you can do a lot over. And, you know, even with your 40 years of experience, there's so much you can describe and, you know, only so much that you can describe to me as a supplier. And there's other things that from my knowledge of my ingredient and stuff that I might see that or that I might describe differently. So that hands-on approach is really needed to be able to capture all that. Otherwise, it's lost. Yeah. So so what I've done now over the last, let's say, one and a half years, for example, you know, working on different enzymes or so, for example, Mm -hmm. what I've done is, you know, describe everything what I'm doing, go on the floor, do the test run, collect samples, send them actually to the supplier Mm -hmm. and do actually a sensory cutting virtually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that at least, you know, when I'm talking about need soft bite or, you know, it's it's not smelling the proper way, mm-hmm. color isn't really nice, don't have you don't have enough pen flow that they actually see what I mean. Yes, yeah, because you can show I, it over a screen, but it's not the same color yeah. and, and stuff. And I, I, I can press on the bread and stuff and you can see it bounce back. But unless you actually feel what that resistance exactly. is, you really don't yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah oh, that's yeah. perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. So and and I think you know going forward that that will be a, a thing of the future. I found it very very helpful, especially in you know not getting the people in to help. Because I mean we we'll all have to be honest as much as we we believe we know everything, but we can't we can't live without suppliers. And mm-hmm. we're, we're way better um, with suppliers than without them. If you ever watch any of our um, our seminars and our 
uh, when we review things from questions from our forums on on Facebook and LinkedIn, and and in this you know these these podcasts, the one thing that you'll hear me consistently saying is talk to your suppliers. Um, you know, it's like if you if you don't develop a relationship of some trust there, yes, there are situations where confidentiality agreements are needed and and things like that, but nonetheless, um, you you have to lean on each other because they the suppliers. Nine times out of 10, they own your best interest because if they do well by you, they capture through that relationship more long-term business. And it's, yeah. it's not just the short-term sale, right? They don't want to sell just one ton. They want to sell hundreds of tons over many years, right? And then also don't forget, I mean, you're long enough in the baking industry. I think mm-hmm. I am long enough in the baking industry, but we always learn. Yes, yeah. And if you meet someone new and then, hey, you know, did you consider that and that? Hmm, no, not really. Let's try it. And then all of a sudden, bang, you know, th- those things, you know, if yeah, I, I, I firmly believe in it's probably probably necessary. To, yeah, I, I've, you know, I've, to always, I've always said to, to colleagues and students, if I learn one new thing today, it's been a good day. Right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, no, nope. totally agree with you. We we stop learning when we're six feet deeper. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I, I sincerely appreciate your time, Raymond. I, I look forward to hopefully having you on again at some other discussions about uh, bakery science and, and uh, taking some R&D deep dives and stuff. Uh, uh, glad to hear you are well. Glad to hear that you've been taking care of your colleagues and, and stuff through this pandemic. And uh, we all, uh, you know, as we... Say in the old country, toy, toy, toy. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Raymond. Yeah. All right, Mark. All right, thanks for taking your time, and you have a wonderful day. Yeah. You too, Mark. Okay. Bye, bye. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me, Richard. I really appreciate it. Uh, we've we've had the good fortune of knowing each other for a long time. Absolutely. And. Um, and so uh, you have some really uh, great news coming out of the pandemic uh, in some ways, uh, as I would say, it's it's not just a matter of survival, but but growth uh, with the uh, the flavor company that you work with. Yes. Gold Coast Ingredients is in the process of uh, building a, a new plant in Gilbert, Pennsylvania, which wow. happens to be six miles from my house. You'll have your own personal warehouse. <laughs> yes. Be able to control production a little bit more. Uh, As you know, I've worked many years in the bakery industry. So while this is uh, production, there's uh, many more facets in the flavor industry than there are in bakery Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, as far as, you know, flavor creation and and production. That's quite amazing. That's quite a challenge. And this this has come somewhat out of, uh, this was born really out of, I I guess you could say, a bottleneck that was created by the pandemic in in the trucking industry. Is that correct? Absolutely. We're really at a point where west to east, it's hard to schedule. It's hard to plan in the food industry, uh, especially we have a just-in-time mentality. Orders are placed with lead time in place and a shipping time, and that shipping time has become movable uh, almost mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Even wow. o- overnight packages with your standard overnight or your, your standard shipping companies aren't overnight anymore most of the time. 
time, it's two days. Yeah, it's, it's there's been so many things through the pandemic that have been affected by these labor shortages and things uh, like, uh, you know, we've heard in the news about how there's there's not enough computer chips available for them to finish producing the automobiles, the cars, right? So they're just starting to come back up to a more normal pace. I experienced myself, we ordered a dishwasher and that took four months. That is partly materials being shipped and partly the, the item itself being shipped. You you deal with a lot of uh, bakery customers through, through Gold Coast and you were also a very well-respected and talented um, consultant that I have uh, even, you know, I leave myself of your support at times, right? What have you seen with some of the bakeries is, uh, are those challenges similar or have they have you seen some interesting innovations that helped pull them out of the pandemic and things sort of uh, what can you share with us that you've seen out there again most of what has been affecting bakeries during pandemic is supply mm-hmm. and lead times with no no notice all of a sudden a, a product that would be normally a week out you're told it's three weeks out and sometimes on the end of the three weeks, you're expecting a truckload and you get a half a truckload and there's nothing you can do about it Mm -hmm. or more. Uh, So I've really advised everybody to increase their PARs in their plants and just try to stay on top of it. Although without rhyme or reason and you know, without notice, all of a sudden you're finding yourself having to substitute a product because, you know, we do in production, we uh, attach ourselves to a brand and a product and know that it functions yep. properly. And all of a sudden that's just <laughs> not available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that I understand. Yeah, uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, you know, and and for the bigger uh, CPGs and stuff, it must be an absolute nightmare because they they can't substitute a, a flavor or an correct. ingredient overnight. I mean, they have testing protocols and procedures and everything. It's it's uh, it's been quite challenging. Have you seen any in them? Say even locally in your retail bakers and stuff. Have you seen anything innovative? Uh, whether it be an innovative product or a way of serving customers or things like that? Is there is there anything interesting that you've seen popping up in the last six months or so? Well, again, with the, there are a group of people that I'm close with and I'm in and out. I think what I'm seeing is less people doing more tasks. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Somebody who might have just uh, worked on the bench for 10 years is now working on a bench, but maybe crumb icing in the decorating room. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody seems to be holding their quality without issue. Again, the, the problem is substitutions and that always that unfamiliar product that you have to make sure uh-huh. works the same as the one that you've been using for so many years. Uh-huh. And, you know, I just I just want to put in plug for you and your consulting business in, in that sense, because it's been, you know, sometimes long pauses in between, but I've always relied on you to, to help me out with things. And that you have in your home, you have yourself a whole little bakery set up. Like you have your own bakery yes. lab with, with Actually, ovens and speed yeah. racks and everything, right? <laughs> So actually, uh, I have a space now. Um, I took a space three miles from my house and set up a test kitchen there. And oh, I, wow. Even better. I had clients come in and again, we work on product or I have people, somebody will send me a mix that they're having an issue with. So moving forward, 
the entire test kitchen plus the support of Gold Coast is going to be here in a new facility. My current office is a thousand square feet. My new test kitchen is a thousand square feet. That's great to hear. I was hoping that's what you were going to say. It's absolutely uh, yes. Yeah. It will be a nice space. And again, I've spoken with a few people who do regular podcasts who are going to consider coming here and doing their podcasts from our test kitchen. Oh, fantastic! Uh, I'll uh, have to. Make a side trip to New Jersey. <laughs> Richard, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. And um, this has been excellent. And I'm sure we'll be speaking some more and, and hearing more of you in the future on Baked in Science. And wish you all the best with the, the new plant as it gets all set up. And uh, looking forward to hearing more feedback from that. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of Baked in Science. I hope you enjoyed the conversations as much as I did. And please do let us know if there's anything you'd like us to explore or tell us about the things that you do and don't like about our podcasts. These are for you, so please share and share alike. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>